0: We are back. Welcome to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7. Him and Kip are switching off, and we're back. Let, quick turnaround, man. Quick turnaround. Less than 24 hours later, live show on YouTube. Glad you guys are with us. We got a mailbag podcast. Uh, or, sorry, mailbag podcast. Sure, if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, but it's a mailbag live show. If you're listening to it on, uh, on Wednesday at around, I don't know, 9:15, 9:20 a.m. Uh, I got some coffee right here next to me. I'm sure Rusty's got some somewhere in the in the general vicinity that he can reach right now. But we want to get Rusty's thoughts on on Georgia's commitments from last week, since he was on the road yesterday and and couldn't join us. Uh, we're gonna go Wednesday leans for Georgia, Florida, and then it's mailbag. It's straight up mailbag. We're gonna answer some questions from the dogs 24 seven. Junkyard, and we're also going to answer some questions from our live YouTube commenters. And Russell, let's jump into this thing two big time defensive linemen, a five tech edge player, and Michael Williams, uh, a nose three tech, and Bear Alexander. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two guys and George's ability to get them in this class? Because it did not look two months ago. Like, either one of them were going to be in this class.
1: I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I thought Barry Alexander was going to be a tough get, and I, I made that comment several times on the junkyard, if you follow us on, on Dogs247, that getting him, at the end of the day, getting him out of the state of Texas was going to be hard for Georgia. However, the variable got introduced, and he went to IMG, and I think that, you know, him getting away from, just to be honest with you, a lot of people want him to go to Texas A&M there. You know, that's 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 the nature of it. I mean, kid was in Georgia and, and there would be a lot of people wanting him to go to play for the Georgia Bulldogs. But I think when he, when he got to IMG, he made that visit early on a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, and he just kind of said he was done with it. So it surprised, it surprised me. But at the end of the day, what a massive, literally a massive get for Georgia, because you see that picture beside him and Jordan Davis that kind of circulated everywhere this summer kind of circulated everywhere last week. You know, this is a, Georgia defense, when they've got a nose guard like this, the Georgia defense goes. And with Jordan Davis and some of those guys, uh, you know, making it go this year. But they've got their guy for the future in Barry Alexander. I think he's a tremendous football player, a great fit for this Georgia defensive line scheme, what they do. You look at Michael, and, you know, Jake, you've been doing this a long time, too. There's only so many body types like that that can – that can he, I mean, he can play anywhere from three to a stand-up nine if he has to. Right. So you, you look at him and he's 260, 262 pounds, six foot five. Uh, this kid's gonna weigh 275, 280 before he blinks an eye. But the biggest thing for me with somebody like Mike Hill. he's a great kid, really good, you know, just kind of grounded young man, you know, even though he committed to USC and then decommitted and went to Georgia, you know, this is this is not like a drama kid. He doesn't look for that. This kid loves freaking ball, man. And, and I'll give you a prime example. He probably, Jake, he probably had 20 offers last year at this time. He calls me up and wants to play in the Georgia League Classic, an all-star game I'm involved with in December. And I said, Michael, look, man, um, you know, this game is about kids trying to get to where you are. You don't have to come up here and play. Not only did he say, Mr. Mansell, I want to come play. He came up here and he was dominant man i mean they had to i bet he had i bet he had five or six sacks in, the, in an all-star game but it told me a lot about mike Hill. and i'll tell you this the kid played played his tail off i'm doing the broadcast on tv i turn around he's holding the change for the next game so that tells you how much ball that kid loves he loves to be around it uh, you know I'm, i told the story the behind the scenes story on him Uh, on the board, you know, he, he called me up in March and gave me the story, committed to Georgia. They decided to, uh, he silently committed to Georgia. They decided to open up visits. And then when he did, everybody else got back involved. So at the end of the day, go through all this, this kid was a massive, massive get, not only for what he does on the field, but who he is off the field. Those two Jake, those two, you know, in two years from now, this, that last week was a big deal for Georgia.
0: I had a uh, high school football coach, Craig Tire, rest in peace. He has since passed away, and uh, Craig uh, Craig loved to smoke cigarettes. And <laughs> I'll never forget his, sitting, him sitting in the Atkinson County coach's office one time, kind of letting the cigarette, talking with a cigarette hanging out of the side of his mouth. And he talked about how uh, he liked kids who loved grass. You know, that they, they just loved to be around that big old patch of grass at a football field. And sounds like Michael Williams is one of those guys. He's a grass sniffer. He likes to smell it. He likes to be on it, stand on it, get his uh, get his shoes a little wet with that little dew on the ground that comes out right as right as uh, the sun goes down. It cools down a little bit, so that's that's a cool thing to hear about him. And a little bit behind the scenes on this one, uh, I, I I can't remember what I was doing. I was working on something. All of a sudden, Rusty's name pops up on my phone, and we had talked twice that day already. And Rusty calls me again, and he goes, "Hey, Bear Alexander's committed to Georgia. Get this, get it now. Let's go." And I was like, oh, shoot, you know, because uh, I didn't say, oh, shoot. Uh,
1: but uh... <laughs> that, literally, that's how and, and in the world of and what we in the world we're in, Jake, very rarely does something like this catch the industry. off. Right. Yeah. There, nobody had a story. The kid just tweeted it. Uh, you know, just like you. I have Kirby Smart on, you know, Twitter alert. So when he tweets, I'll get up, you know, I'll get one. He had a go dogs. and I was like, wait a minute. I go to Twitter, don't see anything. I go to Instagram. The first thing I see on Instagram was <laughs> Alexander committing to Georgia. So I, I was on a conference call. Yeah. I hit real quick, Jake. Now he's committed. Yeah. So, no kudos to you because you didn't ask any questions. You were like, okay, hung up. Yeah. Hung. You know, that's how quick that thing happened. And those don't happen very often. I did make a comment on, on, our, on our junkyard about two weeks ago. Uh, in, in a in a dog in a dog treats our little Monday deal, which by the way we'll get dog treats today a uh, little later this morning. But you know, I, I made the comment for the first time in a long time. I felt like Georgia had made a big move with him, and that move to IMG I think was a really good deal for Georgia. Uh, got around some more kids there, like Georgia and things like that. So I think you know that, that thing went down quick. But I thought Georgia had definitely made a move. Not going to sit here and July. I didn't think it was coming this soon.
0: Yeah, you might have led with the Go Dogs. You might have been like, hey, Kirby just tweeted Go Dogs, Bear Alexander, Committed to Georgia
1: on Instagram, write it, let's go. I, I mean, I was I mean, like, it was, it was, it was a quick. So, and
0: I, Rusty sounded like LL Cool J on the other end of that line. I mean, he was rat, he, he was, it was quick, it was fast. That's my job. Uh, but, LL. I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it rarely does, you know, kind of catch you by surprise, uh, you know, these things happening. But, you know, that was, that was one that kind of came out of nowhere. And, Rusty, just real quick before we move on for this, There, I'm not sure how much time there was, but I'm 99% sure there was an overlap between Michael Williams being committed to USC and Barry Alexander being on Georgia's commitment list. At that point in time, you know, listen, I I have like a 10,000 foot view of this. I would have told you then I felt better about Michael Williams being in Georgia's class than Barry Alexander being in Georgia's class because I knew Barry was going to be because because it was it was opposite situations. You knew you knew USC. Had a fight on their hands. Coach or not, hanging around to mm-hmm. hang on to Michael Williams, and you knew Georgia yeah. had a fight on their hands, hanging on to Bear Alexander. And now Georgia's got both of them. So yeah. that's I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: Big deal, big deal. those two. I mean, you look what Georgia what what drives them. That defensive line is the first thing every NFL scout, every pe- person of media, every time Georgia's on TV, they're talking about that D line and these two kids right here. They'll be the next set of kids that people will be talking about here in two years from now.
0: All right, man, Wednesday leans, Georgia, Florida. There's the world's largest outdoor cocktail parties this week, and between staying up until 1 o'clock in the morning watching the Braves and, uh, and all the recruiting stuff going on, it doesn't seem like it's front and center as much as it probably should, at least for me, uh, probably should be. Uh, but Wednesday leans, man, wh- where are you at on this game as of the middle of the week?
1: It's the same thing for me. I mean, if you're elite you're going to win this game because you're the better football team um you know and it you you you've put a better um sample size on the on on your roster on your resume um you, you go into this game and and this is one that you you should win now I'll tell you this every every Georgia fan uh especially over the age of 40 understands some crazy stuff has happened in Jacksonville and you know that's the type of game you go down there I, I think if you've never went to Georgia, Florida, by the way, I got to say, Hey, to my man, Cecil Sanders, it's five twenty in Alaska. And Cecil, tell me what the weather is like in Alaska right now, but that's worthy of a shout out there uh, in our comments, but
0: felt like Alaska here uh, about six for, o'clock this morning, yeah. I let the dog out
1: for us. This is, this is a cold front. Um, but you know, I think if you've never experienced a Georgia, Florida game, just find a way to go just find, And it's now what two more years guaranteed locked into 2025 um you know the new contract so when you go there it's a unique experience it's a it's a bowl game atmosphere it's a crazy atmosphere both teams are going to be sky high a lot of emotions right here uh, i say it all the time i don't have to say much that'll be the shortest handshake you'll ever see after a game between dan Mullen and kirby smart and i'll say it all there so there's a lot of things going on with this game it's a huge game always in the east and Georgia's ranked number 1 in the country, number 1 recruiting class in the country. This would save the season for Florida any type of thing if they could upset Georgia right here. So, uh my lean is if you're elite, you're the better team, you win this football game and I think Georgia does right now.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think once again, I said this feel like I've said this so many times this year, bad matchup. Tough matchup for Florida. You look at how much they uh and I think I just said Florida like my my great grandmother Florida okay get that o in there uh you know tough matchup for the gators because again they got they need to run the ball they really need to run the ball georgia's really tough to run the ball against does that mean florida can't no not at all but is it going to be hard yeah and and they're going to have to play extremely well to be able to do that rusty i'll say this i think if georgia gets off to the start they got off to last year yeah they'll they'll roll in That's this around. one, they will yeah. absolutely steamroll Florida because it's just a different team. It's a different, you know, you're, you're looking at three losses. This might, you know, if Georgia can get it, it'll give Florida three losses in a row. Rusty, yeah. I saw a graphic yesterday. You've probably seen the same thing. Since the Florida game last year, Georgia's 11 and 0. Florida has lost six games,
1: eight and six, eight, eight
0: and six. six since the Georgia game last year. I mean, you want to talk about kind of you know, going in two separate directions there. And, you know, JT Daniels, who was a big part of that, um, you starting to, know, starting to kind of get an idea of what he's going to be available to do on Saturday. Rusty, it sounds like, you know, Kirby said he didn't see any limitations in yesterday's practice. What's your take on the quarterback situation real quick before we jump into a break?
1: Both are going to play. I think both are going to play. Um, you know, this is the game last year where um, the fan base kind of, started questioning Stetson Bennett. I mean, I, I think – Well, I
0: think it's where they turned on him. They were questioning him before, but they really kind of flipped the script yeah, at this, that point. This was,
1: this was the game last year. So, you know, I, Stetson Bennett is playing a hell of a lot better. I mean, he he is playing a hell of a lot better this year. And that's, that's progression. You know, you get into a second year of starting a lot of games in the SEC for a team. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting how he plays this weekend, how much JT Daniels plays. I know what he looks like after coming off a long break here to see. But, um, you know, I I don't have a clue who starts, but I'm fairly confident that both guys play. And I think, Jake, at the end of this game on Saturday, I mean, you talked about this yesterday. I think at the end of this game on Saturday, we're going to know where George is leaning with their quarterback situation. Yeah. Because this is a must-win for Georgia. They need to keep this streak. They need to keep this momentum. Uh, This is a huge game for a lot of reasons. But I think Saturday night, when when those lights shut off in Jacksonville and you're doing your last story, I I feel very confident that you're going to know where this Georgia Bulldog staff is at and who they think their guy is. I agree time.
0: with I agree with that for sure and and I I'll say this too in terms of kind of the I don't want to say turn on him because I don't think anybody you know roots against Stetson Bennett yeah. but I think this is the this is the game last year where Georgia fans wanted to turn the page and I I feel like in a way that's unfair because you know the guy separated his shoulder on his throwing shoulder they had to kind of numb it up a little bit to give him a chance to go back out there yeah. Kirby said this week he could barely feel it you know so. Yeah. You know, he, I think he ended up making a bad throw after that. I think he ended up maybe throwing a pick or something like that, but, um, he was on fire before that. And I think he can play winning football for Georgia. And it's, it's cool to see a guy get better because everybody assumed last year, since he was a fourth year player, he was maxed out. But yep. I mean, he didn't have fourth year player game snaps at that point. He's got a lot since, gotten a lot better, got a lot more comfortable. And Georgia has two quarterbacks to play winning football. And based on everything I've heard, Rusty, they've got two kind of, Minimal ego type guys who are chomping at the bit to compete, but they want Georgia to win football games. Yep. And that's that's first for them. And a uh, really fortunate situation for Georgia. And, and I think if they handle this thing right, it can be a big strength of this football team. Let's take a break here, real quick. On the other side, we're going to answer your questions. We've got mailbag. <laughs> real quick before we start this mailbag thing Rusty's popped into my head I thought about this I was on XM Radio uh SEC with uh uh SEC Network Radio sorry with uh Jacob Hester and uh and Aaron Murray yesterday and Aaron Murray asks me my thoughts on Georgia's quarterback situation I had to be like man do you understand the irony of you asking me this like <laughs> I mean I I've I've never, I think I played quarterback in an advanced lineman camp at Georgia back in like 2000 1999, when you know I was the only sub 300 pound dude there, uh, because they had it was like a linebacker lineman type deal. Uh, I've never played quarterback other than that, so I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not qualified, I don't always agree with him on the way he thinks about it, but golly, that, that caught me off guard talking about mailbag questions. Yep. Uh, but BGB dog, what are some matchups for uh RD, Georgia's D versus Florida's offense that can give them major problems? You know, Rusty, I don't really see a, a matchup that Florida specifically can exploit. You know, you look at the running backs versus the line versus the linebackers in coverage. That was something that gave Georgia problems year, uh, a year ago, yep. uh, those tight ends. I don't think Florida is necessarily as precision-based in the passing game as they were last year to maybe take advantage of that fully. That's probably the only one I would really point to because otherwise I think Georgia matches up incredibly well what's your take on that one
1: anthony richardson's the guy that worries you because he's a freak athlete he's got a big arm now he doesn't have a ton of reps doesn't have a ton of experience um he's a guy that there could be a lot of highs and a lot of lows but i'll tell you this um you know as a big time athlete as he is and playing quarterback you have to know where you have to defend all 11 guys on that side of the ball when he's in there so uh, you know, I think he's the guy. If I'm sitting in that staff room with Kirby Smart, Dan Lang, and those guys on Sunday and Monday, you know, you got a game plan to know where this guy is uh, and know how he can hurt you because that's the one variable. Now, the one variable that can give you big time problems, in my opinion, that Will Route and Kyle Pitts and all those guys, Trask. Those guys are gone. So that kind of, I mean, he Florida played their tail off last year and they just mm-hmm. completed some really good balls and. They gave Georgia. They gave, They gave Georgia's linebackers some matchup problems. They don't have that type uh, of, of personnel right now to, to to bring to this game, but they do have Anthony Richardson, and that's a guy that if I'm Georgia, you better be aware because he can change some things in a hurry.
0: I see some younger Bo Nix in him. I mean, he's obviously will, willing to run. Yeah. One thing I noticed about him, Rusty, is if 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 you get a little pressure on him in the backfield, if you can get your hands on him, yeah. he does not like taking a sack. He does not like giving up on a play and throwing it away. He'll heave it up. He'll flip it up. And, and I think Georgia's got to play a really good game up front when Florida drops back to pass kind of keep him boxed in to get hands on him to affect him. And I'm really interested to see how they handle it. Cause Florida fans just don't seem to be all that optimistic. And maybe it's just the two losses in a row mm-hmm. that they're just going to hand the football to him and let it ride. I don't see any way they don't, uh, but also didn't see any way TJ Finley was going to start against L didn't start against LSU and Bo Nix you know, has since kind of turned a corner a little bit as a quarterback and gotten to become a better player. Uh, all right, we're going to bounce them off each other here, Rusty. I thought we'd both give a take on that one. This one's coming to you. Mm-hmm. Charleston Dog, who will be our most impressive regular season? What will be our mes- most impre- impressive regular season win at the end of the year? Seems like every ranked team we've played has lost at least once since you played them. Well, Ar- Auburn has not lost, I don't think, since George beat them. No. Uh, I think that's the one that hasn't. You know, Arkansas has kind of went on a skid. Uh, Kentucky hasn't had a chance to lose anything yet. Uh, what will be Georgia's most impressive win, Rusty? Let's say they went out in the regular
1: season. Which one's it? That's a good question, Charleston. Um, you know what, man? I've I've got because the the what, what Auburn still has to go play Texas A and M. They still have to play Alabama. They still got to play Ole Miss. That's a lot. That's a lot of meat left on the bone. You know what yeah. mm-hmm. so I mean? So I think at the end of the year, when you go back and look, I, I think Kentucky's going to be a team. I think Kentucky is, if they can get healthy on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they were just kind of outmatched playing Georgia. I think Kentucky is going to have a really good season, and that's a good thing for Georgia if Kentucky continues to win out uh, to have that. So I think Kentucky, if you want to talk about rankings, may potentially be the highest ranked team at the end of the year that Georgia winds up beating the regular season.
0: Yeah, and and Auburn's a super big time wild card because if they find a way to win two out of three, and you you won that yes. game on the road, like yep. you said, there's a lot of meat left on that oh. ball. Granny get, Granny gets mad if you throw that chicken leg away. There is oh. a lot of meat left on that ball.
1: My goodness, so oh, I can't oh, believe oh, what miss, they've got left. Oh, miss Alabama Texas A
0: What a schedule for left. for all. They kind of got, and they kind of had to go beat LSU before LSU imploded. Sure, sure. Um, you know, so I mean, it's you know that was, or, or maybe even caused that implosion. Um, Ward 21. Could we get some updates on a freshman offensive lineman like Wilson, Fairchild, Blasky? What are we hearing about them? Um, yeah, I mean, listen, all these guys, all three of those guys are just behind as far as the veterans in front of them. Georgia's got a lot of guys in front of them that have played a lot of football. You know, you've got you know, Jamari Sawyer, senior, uh going in his second season as a starter. Justin Schaefer, he started games in three different seasons now, fifth-year senior, super senior. Uh, you know, uh Cedric Van Pram was the was maybe the the spot that you know that area was where a youngster can break in. Well, the youngster broke in and he did it. Warren Erickson has just played so much football and I and I get it. That, you know, a lot of folks, as far as an execution standpoint, point of attack standpoint, in some ways, yes, that has been a little bit of a weak link on George's offensive line. But I'll tell you what, it's gotten better. And Warren Erickson's going to be where where he's supposed to be. He's not going to bust assignments very often. I mean, you've seen Cedric Van Pran kind of bust more than than Warren Erickson has. And and listen, if you get run over at the line of scrimmage, you're at least slowing a guy down. Uh, But if you block the wrong guy and let somebody come free, that's a turnover, that's an interception, that's a somebody gets hurt type deal. And I think that reliability there with Warren Erickson – um has been huge, and then you look at uh, you look at right tackle there, Warren McClendon, just an unsung hero, does something you know week in a week out to help Georgia win and never gets noticed for it. With that said, I think if you're looking at those three guys, Blasky is probably ahead of the rest uh, just because he's in his second year on campus. Um, I do think his long term future is going to be on the interior, even though I think he can bump outside, and maybe help you with some depth there. Uh, Jared Wilson, very impressive guy. I know they've got high hopes for this kid. They think he's going to be a big-time player. I think his future is also at guard. I, I don't necessarily – he took some snaps in preseason camp. Don't really see center. And I really haven't heard a whole lot about Dylan Fairchild. You know, one of the first things I did hear about him was, you know, coming from the high school ranks to here, it's been a little tough for him to kind of pick up the system. It's been kind of – that's not abnormal at all because Georgia is multiple – up front both in pass protection and in run blocking um so i think it's probably going to take him a little bit of time and and he's a guy that you know i could definitely uh you know kind of hear it in my head right now kirby smart this spring being like hey dylan fairchild's come a long way uh we, we think he might be able to help us we think he's competing in there so that's that's kind of what i would look at there quantum supremacy uh, man what a name and mm-hmm. it's tough to read that together i'm so glad i got it right with my go, marble yeah. with my marble mouth uh, could you review the season's tradition, reasons, tradition, controversy, on why Georgia Florida is always played in Jacksonville? I don't know the genesis of this, Rusty, but I know right now it's about the green, it's about the money, and and the, it, it's also about tradition. But yeah. both teams make money hand over fist playing this game in Jacksonville.
1: It's almost like a bowl game payout. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like playing in the Citrus Bowl in in you know October now. I don't know that he said it quite like this way, but Kirby Smart wants his home and home. And the reason he wants his home and home, because that dude's all about recruiting. And you get, you get, you know, so if Georgia played Florida this weekend in Athens, I mean, they would be, it would be the biggest recruiting weekend of the year. They would have.
0: Even with Florida being four and three, imagine if Florida's number seven in the country. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it would, it would be the biggest recruiting weekend of the year. Fast forward to next year when Georgia plays in Gainesville, it would be the biggest recruiting day of the year for for Florida. So those two those two coaches that's the that's the kind of the um, you know deal there. This is it's just an important game to play home and home. You know Alabama and Auburn used to play in the old Iron Bowl in Birmingham. Uh, now they play home and home. So um, I, the tradition is there. It's a unique experience. It's a great experience. I've been five or six times. Uh, but I understand from the other side of it, at the end of the day, what Kirby Smart's thinking, and that man doesn't turn off his recruiting switch, and that game would be a massive home game in Athens uh, every other year, and it would be huge for recruiting. They could have a ton of kids uh, from all over the country come to that game, so that's what he's thinking. The, The reason is what you just said, Jake. It's all about that green, and both of these universities get a ton of, they get bowl game money from the city of Jacksonville to come down there.
0: And they don't they don't even pay travel out of their own pocket. City of Jacksonville no. takes care of the travel. Hey, yeah. it's probably one of those like per diem type deals where they make money off the travel because yeah. I think that travel stipend is is significant. And so they probably make a few, you know, you know, five figures, maybe six figures off the travel, uh coming in under budget there. Yeah. But you know, I've seen Kirby Smart do this a lot of times, talking about his team improving incrementally. And, you know, I know Georgia fans are saying, well, Georgia's got the number one class. How much better can they get in recruiting? Kirby Smart's looking for that. (laughs) If That's all it takes. If he can get that much better, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, that much better. If he can get that much better, he'll do it. And that's just kind of the way he looks at it. And, you know, I think one of the reasons, Rusty, he hasn't gone all in on this whole thing. It, he hasn't just said this game needs to be a home and home. He hasn't said it like that. No. He's definitely kind of let you know where he's leaning on it. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the reasons he has is I think Kirby knows that Georgia football is probably going to go on after him. And, sure. And, sure. and, and you know, you don't want to be the guy who, who made all the changes – and, I mean, heck, you, you know, he's already loaded Georgia's schedule up with a bunch of stuff that,
1: <laughs> that, that somebody <laughs> else might have to deal with 15 years. Probably rethinking that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this, the South Georgia people, uh, there's some big-time yeah. South Georgia donors, University of Georgia, big-time alumni. They definitely, that's their game of the year to come to come here, you know, and to come to Jacksonville. So, regardless of what I think, that game staying in Jacksonville for the time being, at least till 2025, I think Kirby Smart loves that tradition. And they, I mean, he played a really good game there in 97, uh, had an interception early in that game, I believe, but, or late in that game. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about recruiting. And, and I know what that, what that staff, how they're thinking and they're wishing kind of that, hey, we were having a home game this weekend and had a, because it, because, you know, it always, always thought if they did, it would be opposite of when they played Auburn on the road. So they played Auburn on the road. So probably this would be the year that Georgia would host that game. So uh, end of the day, doesn't matter. It's staying in Jacksonville. And Jake, you hit it spot on. It's all about those those Benjamins, baby. And it uh, is. It is, They're they're getting a lot to get on a plane to go play.
0: And there, and you're right. As somebody who grew up in South Georgia, there's a lot of people that oh, would huge, uh, that, oh, that yeah. would that would absolutely. Oh, it, okay. it, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it would devastate them, but there are a lot of people would be pretty upset about it. And, sure. Uh, you know, the 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 local economy there in Saint Simons and and all that that would suffer a little bit, but you know, Athens would benefit. Uh, it's one, just one of those things, and we'll see kind of how the future of it goes. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm looking for – okay, yep, there it is right there. Now I see the comment. Do you guys think our secondary has improved over the course of the season? Are the special teams a concern for you later in the season? Rusty, what's your take on that one? Um, You
1: know, I don't – let me say this without stirring things up. I really don't know how good Georgia's secondary is, to be honest, because you know why? They don't have to cover long. Right. Right. You got about three seconds the ball better be turned loose or you're going to be looking at stars. And I think Darian Kendrick and Keely Ringo, and those guys have done a really good job. You know, I haven't seen them against a real good vertically, you know, threatening passing team with two freak show wide receivers yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But I'm not saying they're not good. I'm just saying, I don't really know yet how good they are because they don't have to cover long. And they may not have to cover long all year. So, but I think, um, you know, I made this on on a podcast yesterday. I I made the comment. We don't talk much about Darian Kendrick and that's a really good thing. Yeah. Cause that means he's handling business on his side of the field. Uh, Keely Ringo is a guy that keeps coming on. I still on the sideline of Kentucky and I really watched Keely Ringo and they came at him a little bit with on on those bubbles and stuff. And he's a physical guy can get off box. He's big. Uh, we know he can run. So, um, you know, I, I don't have concerns. I kind of just don't know really how good they are. They've been banged up there too. And they're getting some bodies back. Chris Smith would be huge to get back. So uh that concerns on second on special teams, you know, pods missed a couple, you know, he's missed a couple. And, and sooner or later, I, I tell every, every Georgia fan sooner or later, Georgia is going to have to have a field gold or something late to win one of these games uh, as these games get bigger down the line. So, uh, he nailed one last year in Mercedes-Benz. He may have to nail another one this year in Mercedes-Benz. So um, you, you kind of want him to clean that up a little bit. But, you know, when when the game was on the line in the Sugar Bowl last year um, or, or the uh, Peach Bowl, uh, he delivered.
0: He did, he did. And I, I think Georgia's return game at some point is going to st- kind of start to improve a little bit too as Kiaris yep. kind of gets a little healthier. Kenny McIntosh gets healthy. Cody Broom says, do you think Stetson's improvement is a product of coaching adjustments for him or do you think he's improved as an individual player? I think both. I, I mean, I think both of those kind of come true because I think Stetson's more decisive, Stetson's more accurate, and Stetson is making better decisions. I, I also think he's more comfortable and he can anticipate things a little bit better. So that's on the Stetson end. On the coaching adjustment end, I like how Georgia is doing a good job of moving him around in the pocket. Uh, You know, it it, has cut down on the batted balls. I I really I don't recall one. There may be one or two, but it's cut down on the batted balls. I think it, it Stetson is is he's quick enough that he can kind of make a man miss out there and 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 you know get some yardage for you if you need it, or he can kind of buy some time and work a little bit more than just half the field. Uh, I also like the fact that they're dialing up some some max protection double move type stuff because it's hard to bat a ball down at the line of scrimmage when you're airing that thing out 55 yards. And, and you know, Stetson, I think, you know, the Auburn game was a prime example. Some of those throws, he underthrew that one to Ladd McConkey when it was an absolute massive layup, but he also hit Ladd in stride on the post. Uh, so I think I think it's a little bit of both uh, and I, I hate to use that as kind of a cop out answer. if I had to say one more than the other, I'm gonna give credit to the player because he's the guy who had to kind of go out there and and you know he he's the one that has to execute these coaching adjustments that are given to him. so I would uh, if I had to pick one I would say Stetson's improved that much more uh, but I also think they've made some adjustments to really help him out. Uh, Rusty, what's your prediction? this is from Cecil Sanders from Alaska I believe. Uh, what's your prediction on where this recruiting class ends up ranking? Kirby's uh, it's best yet?
1: That's according to how they finish out. You know, um, the numbers there, you know, we we anticipate them going 30, probably 29, 30, 31, maybe because the adjustment on the, on the uh, initial 25 counter, it sounds like it's going to take place. Um, you know, you look at these things and – If Kirby finishes number one, like everybody's high-fiving, but if Georgia finishes number three, they're like, Oh, we missed a couple. And yeah, end of the day, I mean, what's the, when we go back and look, there's not a ton of difference between one and three. No. So when you look at these things, I think the biggest thing, I always look at it like this rankings are rankings. And that's part of the industry I'm in. But the biggest thing is, did you feel your needs? did Georgia go out and get what they needed at positions? And I think right now, what I know publicly and what I know privately, um, you know, based off some guys, I think that Georgia's well on their way to a very high recruiting class. But at the end of the day, they are filling some big-time needs if they, at positions of needs. And uh, I think this is going to be another one of Kirby Smart's elite classes.
0: I look at some of the big time guys they've got a g- good shot at here, Kamari Wilson, uh, you know, Julian Humphrey, uh, you know, single, you know, singletary.
1: singletary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're looking at some of these guys and you're thinking, man, if they if they bat a thousand on these guys, I don't know how in the world they're not the number one class. Somebody's it's literally somebody's just gonna have to surge right past them. There's, uh with, yeah, with, a, with a stronger close.
1: There's some guys talking to Georgia right now that not one person in the recruiting industry has has, has written about. I can tell you yeah. that. And if they can close a couple of those this would be this would be up there for sure
0: rusty stirring that pot man hey, stirring that pot
1: gotta keep it warm man
0: i i can already hear it now somebody i'm gonna be walking through that parking lot <laughs> in jacksonville on saturday somebody's gonna grab me by the shirt and i'm gonna have to resist the urge to take a swing at them because i'm always i'm i'm i'm, I'm got social anxiety and these large crowds are gonna say
1: hey who's rusty talking about <laughs>
0: So Uh, that's going to
1: happen. And I'm not telling you. I mean, I just. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, Eric Dukes, last question. You think White or Cook can run for over 100 yards against this Florida defense? Brother, if that Davis Price cat can rush for 287 or however many he rushed for, if he can break Herschel Walker's all-time record, as far as rushing yards against Florida, yes, I believe Zamir White or James Cook can go over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Zamir White had 75 on the first play last year and went over 100. Uh, I, I wasn't entirely sure why they didn't maybe feed him a little bit more, but you know they also got themselves in a little bit of a shootout there and kind of had to keep up, and the defense helped them keep up. Uh, so you know, yeah, I think both guys. I think both guys have, will have an opportunity because there are some systemic things in Florida's defense that, that they've got to get corrected over these last couple of weeks. That that I don't know that they can, and and it wasn't just the play call, the counter play that that LSU was running at them. Florida had linebackers, and I don't normally do this to opponents or anybody, but Florida had defensive linemen. Edge players, linebackers just turning down blocks, running from them. And if they do that against Georgia, Georgia's going to have a 100-yard rusher, maybe a 200-yard rushers, maybe three 100-yard rushers because Todd Munkin has shown you that if, if it's there and you can't stop it, he'll keep doing it and Mark, so. that's kind of that's one of my yeah and that's one of my biggest compliments to Todd Munkin as a as a coordinator you see a lot of these guys who are as good at scheming up the pass game as he is if you can't stop the run he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna risk an incompletion or or wasted down throwing the football he's just gonna bloody your nose over and over again and Georgia's got some backs uh to do that uh with Rusty I think that's all we got man and we got, sure? Picks, sure. we got picks. I'm out, of, I'm out of
1: coffee, man. I'm out of coffee. So it's, we're, yeah, we're, we're in emergency overtime, right? We're in Penn State overtime right here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> man. Two point conversion analysts being hired to staffs all over oh, the oh, country. God, I'm sitting there and I'm watching that game. I'm like, it's this really going on? Like, Rusty, I, I, made a, I made a tweet. I said this was the perfect time to bring two captains in midfield and just paper, rock, scissor. Yeah. Just perfect this time. Up, you know, Rusty, I'll tell you this too, man.
0: Me and you me and you might could make a solid business decision right here if we would just pivot and dive headfirst in into two point conversion analysis. We might could start a firm and get hired out by these schools. Yeah. No doubt. you know and and kind of become like the national preps of two-point conversions mm-hmm. uh, charging fifty thousand dollars a year each school maybe we could get paid who knows how, how good we'd be at it but all right guys that's all we got for this we're gonna make our picks tomorrow and uh, maybe we'll have some clarity on some other situations get to talk to Kirby here at about 11 10 Eastern on the SEC conference call and uh, we'll'll we'll, we'll tell you what we know and we'll tell you what we expect. Uh, sometime tomorrow on Thursday, but for this one, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dolls 24/7. He's Rusty Mansell from the same place, and you all take it easy.